Choose your player. Hi, my name is Georgie Caldwell, and I have been obsessed with honey and bees since 2012. And the one word that sums up my obsession is sweet. I am not a scientist. Again, I'm not a doctor. For the love of God, I'm not a bee scientist. This podcast was never brought to you by Georgie the Scientist. She never existed. She never will. Not a scientist. I don't know how to say it any more times. And I don't know enough because, again, I am not a scientist. Welcome, everyone. We almost didn't record this episode, y'all, but it's here. We're here. We're back. Um, I'm very, very, very excited about this episode. This is, of course, your nerdy obsession, like always, and I am Michael Owen Achenbach. I have a very dear friend of mine who I haven't seen in a long time. We were in a show together, Um, and her topic, let me tell you, uh, I did a lot of research. I'm super pumped about it. I got questions. I'm excited to see what she's passionate about. My dear friend, Georgie. Hello. How are you? Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I love it. Well, I want to not and not everybody knows you, which is a sin, really, because everyone should. Um, and if they look on your Instagram, uh, the only line that they need to know about who you are is that you are the funniest person always at the table. <laughs> um, it was very kind, but uh, the little like blurb, because I was like, I'll never be the funniest person in the room, and that's okay. That's fine. Large audiences, sometimes I get it. But if you need an intimate crowd work person, I am your gal. I am your lady. Put me at a dinner table. I will have everyone falling off their chairs laughing. There will be a dozen inside jokes that are probably all (laughs) fart-based. It's lowest hanging fruit because everyone can connect with it. And uh, that is how I schmooze. That is how I work it. It is always, uh, it's fine. Take me to your comedy show. I want to come to see your comedy show. But put me to a cabaret table with two other people that are strangers. Oh, oh baby. I'm I'm doing the eating out of the palm of my hand because... um, I'm a charmer. I do well. I do sm- I do better in small groups. Uh, one day, if I could figure it out, if I could figure out how to do it, I would love to work a, re- a large room. But for now, I'll I'll take being the best wedding guest you've ever had. <laughs> Have you ever done like a random wedding, like put out there, like, hey, I'll be a, I'll be your date for like I'll be your free date for a wedding have you done that yes so I'd like put it out there in like a friend chat and this is like when Facebook messenger was still like the uh follow-up to aim so this is like early times um a friend of mine was like hey I have this wedding I have to go to in Prospect Park and then like a week before it happened there was like a mishap with the best man and the best man could no longer make it so like a random groomsman who was like an ask of the bride became the best man because he was so good at public speaking 
literally he was promoted hey, if you to know best what you're man. good about yeah i, yeah, I feel he that was promoted to good about, he was promoted to best man because he was so good at public speaking and it was at a very fancy location in new york city and um i he was like do you remember that funny haha joke of like being a random wedding guest at a random wedding and i was like yep and he was like i'm cashing in on that and i was like cool <laughs> i had like two days to like coordinate everything um I had such a great time. It was so beautiful. And during the reception, the father of the bride came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder. And of course I turned around and was like, Hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? Thank you. Congratulations. Like this wedding for Natalie and Jeff is gorgeous. No idea what their names were. I just said a bunch of shit. Um, and he was like, did someone pay you to be here? And I was like, sir, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you got everybody on the dance floor. You got my like great grandmother out here, like shaking it and having a good time. Who are you? And I was like, girl, you know, the best man. (laughs) And he was so confused and so like flabbergasted. And then I like grabbed his hand and like whirled him out. Like the whole thing, the whole thing is honestly something that one day when I keep writing, I will write this into a scene of a movie because it was hilarious. Basically, I just got everybody on the dance floor and was like, don't sit at your table. This band is putting a rug. What are you doing? And the father of the bride was like, who paid you to be here? And I was like, uh, you did, sir, because you bought oh me dinner. Oh gosh, it's amazing. You're like, he, he's like, who paid a hype man to come to my daughter's wedding? <laughs> There's, it's funny. So I just saw a trailer. There's a movie coming out called uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth um, with Dakota Johnson and somebody else. I don't know, but he, but the guy that's in it, who it's, he's the main character, is a uh, party uh, hype person for weddings, bar mitzvahs, and like that's his story. Like that's how they meet. I think you need to watch it. it came out last Friday, on, so you should you should see and how see do if I that's get a gig. That job? I'm that's so a gig. I know you probably you? need to. Let's put out the universe if you're out there and you hire hype people for parties. Georgie yeah. is here. <laughs> I, I love a buffet. I love a family style. I do not need a plate of dinner. I'm happy to eat with the band and the photographers and the vendor meal. Just give me a real good sandwich and and like a little bit of free. Uh, <laughs> let me have let me have the bar, a good mm-hmm. sandwich, and a piece of cake. I'll be good. <laughs> Amen. Lay down. I will dance. I will never take my shoes off because that is the tackiest thing a person can do at a wedding is take their shoes off. Wear shoes that you can dance in all night. If you can't dance in all night, exactly. they're not or worth bring, the money you pay. Or bring flats. Never take them off. <laughs> yeah. Or just find shoes you can wear it all night. I'm like That's a fair. very big believer of like you don't take your shoes off. Well, um, you're here. You're ready. We're chatting. The topic that you've brought to me today, your obsession, I am super pumped about. Um, was that was that a good intro for you? I'll cut this out. Or do you want to say any more? That is okay. perfect. Okay. Uh, I have nothing else to say. Take me to your weddings. I love going to them. <laughs> all right, folks. This one is intriguing. We all have at least come into contact with this topic at least once in your life. And if you haven't, you sincerely have been living under a rug or you are not old enough to understand what these things are yet. So, Georgie. Tell everyone the topic that you have brought to me today and a little bit about it. Bees. So I love bees. I love the bees knees. I think that uh, bees are 
part of the linchpin of our ecosystem for being on this planet in a way that is so incredibly important and so valuable to the uh, progeny of the current population and they are so um oh oh it's gonna take me a second to get there um their uh evolution is so incredibly important in a way that like when when humans perish the bees will prevail uh there's a handful of other things but i think that like if the bees die that means humans die but i really hope that if the humans die, I think that the bees will prevail. They are on the list of like uh, malleable species and uh, they're on the list with, cock- with yes. cockroaches. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that bees are on the list of uh, with cockroaches. And if the bees dies, I think humans die. Yeah. Well, so that's I, that's the one thing that I truly know about bees. I mean, two things. They make honey and they're going extinct and that's bad for the world. Like that's or they're becoming endangered, which is bad for the world. Um, can you, can you kind of elaborate on that? Like what, when you say like they're good for the ecosystem and if humans die, the bees will prevail. I, that's a different side. Cause I've always thought that bees are going to die and then the humans will die no matter what. So, um, so I have to put this in there. This was not in my intro of violent, negligent oversight from both of us. I am not a scientist. Oh Yeah. <laughs> We could have said that at the end. We could have had everyone believing you being a bee scientist. (laughs) No, this is a violent oversight that we did not include in in my intro. I am a bee enthusiast. I am a bee supporter. Uh, I uh, have been to two beekeeping classes, which is not enough because time and money and socioeconomic things have uh, kept me from those things. But any bees are a topic that I have on uh, all of my news alerts, all of my feed alerts. I'm interested in them. So I am a bee enthusiast, much like um, many people are a bird watcher and also an enthusiast. So uh, put me in that category. For the love of God, I'm not a bee scientist. <laughs> Don't I, come I, for Georgie I, listeners. Don't <laughs> come for her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I love them. Yes. I th- and I know that they are incredibly valuable, but there's much of the science that I do not have um, the finer notes or field research or days spent in a hive or in that cute little outfit because, and I also, there. Um, this is a side note, there's a couple of beekeepers on TikTok who literally like free bees. Oh, I've seen them. Like you, they go to houses and like try to excavate, 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 excavate yeah. <laughs> like yeah. where the bees are. Yeah. I've seen those on TikTok before. That's crazy. Yeah. And they, because of the kind of bees there are, there's like four kinds of bees and they, you can just go in if the bees know that you're not a threat you can remove them and they will follow you if you find the queen. Once you find the queen, then they'll follow you. And they're not there to, they're literally just there to do their evolutionary job. Anyhow, so you had an initial question. I strayed from that because I was like, I'm not a bee scientist. And I had to be like, the question I had, we're, we're getting there is, is I want you to I- explain kind of what that bee evolution or how they connect with our ecosystem. Like if bees are just in my mind, bees are just honey. So how does that connect to the bigger picture? Bees are the movers. So uh, as, uh, do you remember how the big container ship evergreen got stuck? And then the global sh- supply chain, uh, 
uh, got screwed because evergreen got stuck in that canal. Bees are a little bit like that. So bees move all of the things, all of the nectar, all of the sugar, all of the honey. They're part of the pollination system. And part of the pollination system is the thing that connects the smaller flowers to the bigger trees, to all of the other things that makes everybody, all of the plants keep in conversation with each other because all of the plants have to talk to each other and the plants all use their roots to talk to each other. I could go on. Okay. I'm out. This is a secondary. I have like, as I was thinking about preparing for this uh, chat, uh, because bees are a part of a larger ecosystem, trees are also involved, even though they're not there. That's like a tertiary connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the trees all talk to each other through their roots and also through the crown of their leaves at the very top of the canopy. But the bees help regulate the stuff in the middle between the roots of the tree, or pardon me, the roots of the trees and the top of the canopy. Because if the top of the canopy is talking to each other and the roots are talking to each other, somebody's got to be the middle manager. So bees are middle managers of helping get getting everybody to talk to each other. That's amazing. I did not understand that. I knew that the, that roots talk to each other. I understood that. I didn't know the canopies. And then that really makes sense about the bees in the middle ground because it also like then brings out the the flowers or the fruit of plants and trees and stuff, right? That's what they're passing. That's what they're moving and everything like that to keep that that um that momentum, that right of 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 like that evolution in that ecosystem. That's nuts. Um yeah. Uh, <laughs> bees so when when did this like enthusiasm or this this obsession kind of come to be like has this always been you never talked about bees when we when we <laughs> when we first met so <laughs> um yeah of course not <laughs> um, I, so like um i have like a handful of things of of like weird earth like planet earth things that i think are really cool incredibly important and like if i get on the soapbox you're never going to get me off of it and like bees are one of them and uh how did it start i think it started uh probably uh a little bit after college when i was um i for both stupid and self-righteous reasons was a vegan for a little bit and then I was a vegetarian and all this other stuff and I'm very interested in food that is like uh I would love nothing uh Nicole Byer is a hero of mine because nailed it is genius so much fun genius (laughs) and such a, a a lovely uh evolution of what food entertainment can be and she's so funny in her repertoire with Jack Tor. Jack Tor is so wonderful. And like, that's something I'm also very passionate about, but I'm, I'm very passionate about food. And I love seeing how it goes from, uh, <laughs> pardon me, uh, smaller, or pardon me, like production to uh, consumption. And I don't want to use a, the phrasing farm to table because I think that that means bullshit. And that's another conversation it's it's 100 i'll agree with you i think it's become bullshit 
because like it, it, yes. it was it was it it, it became fad fad fadizized it, it was a fad and because it was a fad it, yeah it, it became just I, I just don't believe them anymore but like when it first started 100 percent, i think like the restaurants that said that probably had everything farm to table exactly but now it's like just because you say your grass-fed beef is farm to table does not mean it's farm to table <laughs> yeah i want to see your receipt yeah exactly um, show me the face of the cow uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> how I how I got to bees is uh, through a handful of things. Uh, uh, I was living in Brooklyn, and I had this like insane uh, allergic reaction. Not to get into like the medical part of it, but like I also had like a come to Jesus moment with some like food related items of like the things I can consume safely and the things I cannot consume safely, and that that kind of opened the door to like a larger conversation about like how does food event affect like what happens to my own personal body and I found out in that moment or not in that moment like through the course of time and also talking to a bunch of people and having people be like allergies are weird and I was like I almost died <laughs> that's an, an unacceptable answer yeah exactly <laughs> I was like allergies are weird is not a good answer when I was like green, almost couldn't breathe, and my face was numb. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's so, like hi, miss. You seem to be purple. Um, allergies are weird. weird. Can I help you? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I don't know. Find a, someone who can help. But through that whole experience, uh, one of the not the answer, but like part of my like oh more thoughtfulness and mindfulness of like eating and uh trying to figure out like the best ways to make this tiny little spacesuit that I have called my body work the best uh I found out that if you eat local honey from bees that are in the hive locally that honey can potentially help subdue your allergies seasonally because they're interacting with the pollens so they're essentially offering a light form of vaccination again i'm not a doctor but because the bees are interacting with the pollen and it's going through their uh the honey making process and then it's canned for human consumption which honey it doesn't ever have an expiration date because bees are amazing um it can help with seasonal allergies if you buy honey that is local to the place that you are physically in that's nuts i mean it makes sense now that you say it it's like how people like say maine lobster tastes different than any lobster in the world or something right it's that same idea but i would never have thought that it would help with the area of like pollen but i guess it kind of makes sense because like my allergies go crazy in the in in the spring or whenever everything starts waking up solely for that reasoning um Oh, that's crazy. When did that all that allergy stuff happen to you? Uh, so I've had allergies on like really weird, like allergy spikes on and off uh, pretty much my whole life. But this one happened when I was like, uh, oh, pardon me, on the evening that I turned 26 because I was in the hospital and then I got really worried because I was like, the insurance run out, runs out because Obama signed the thing that said you can be on your parents' insurance till you're 26. And I just turned 26. But luckily, I, the Basically, how it all worked out is that you have to be you're on your parents' insurance until the until end of the until the twentieth. Yep, yep. <laughs> I had that for um, your mine too. <laughs> so, like, I had this insane medical emergency where I literally couldn't figure out how to. 
I couldn't figure out how to walk into the hospital because it was a Brooklyn hospital. And we could only, and it was huge. The footprint was huge. We could only figure out how to get in through the ambulance door. (laughs) And then I'm like screaming, I need help. Turning green. Yeah, I was like, this is bad. My face is exploding. And then when we finally got to like the ER entrance, they were like, who are you? And I was like, I've been in this building for 10 minutes and I've gotten worse. (laughs) Oh, uh, and then they told you it was just weird. That's, that's, that's a oh, great this is, that was like six hours later. Oh, my gosh. My Nokia died. <laughs> oh, that's insane. So something about bees that I'll add in here that I found in this research. So bees are part of this ecosystem and they are dying out. But the world is trying to combat that, right? Whether it be harvest or harvesting, having bee farms, having hives or robot bees, um, which I thought was super intriguing because if you look at bees just as a like a, a black and white, just like this is what they do, this is what they're there for, hypothetically speaking, a computer could do that aspect, right? A, a to B. Why could it not? <laughs> She's shaking her head like crazy. I, w- I want to hear this. <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is uh, I do not uh, again, not a scientist here, um, but I do not think that uh, AI can fully hold what it means to face life and death. Uh, and like, I think this is going to get a little dark for just a second. Uh, but like, I think that AI, because it can exist within perpetuity, ostensibly, potentially, we don't know. Uh, because we haven't actually lived ex machina or like all of the sci-fi things. I think that there is something uh, insane and involuntary about the preciousness of knowing that like your existence depends on your survival. And this is also coming from like a bunch of like David Attenborough watching, uh, loving all of David Attenborough's work of like the, what it takes to survive, especially in like the animal kingdom where like potential consciousness isn't the same, isn't the same as humans. But then like, I think that dogs elephants horses donkeys ducks uh and that uh there's like a handful of other animals that have central nervous systems and a mother and come from someplace understand the finite of their existence and how important it is to survive but they also know that the point of their survival is to get their genes into the future so that just means procreation I think that AI cannot understand the depths of that. So like. I know I agree. I, I'm with you. I think, I think, um, wow, such an, <laughs> wow, this went deep. I love it. Um, such an interesting way to look at that because like, if you, 
think of it, and I'm going to move it to bees. So if bees think their life, like, and, and humans as well, like you wake up, we have this drive. I think all humans have a drive to do something, whether it be to change something, to make something, to, to act out. They, they, we have this drive that's pushing us forward, right? And when we don't move forward or don't drive, that's when, I mean, things happen to our bodies, to our mental states, to everything. Like we start deteriorating. So if we take that in the animal kingdom, they, st- they have that same type of movement forward, that push, that want. And AIs or computers are only subject to the information that is put into them, right? So they don't have that initial thing. So I totally agree with you on that. I think that is a huge, um, I think that's, that is the difference between AI and humanity at the end of the day. It's like AI, yeah. Can, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also think that like, I feel very fine putting humanity as a umbrella concept topic over kind of all living things. And that, that goes back to all the animals I just listed and all of the plants, because I also think that plants uh, absorb energy. Oh yeah. And like they've done tests, like talking to them and you know what I mean? Like that is, that's, that's, that's uh, no question about that. And I think the more that I live in this life, um, and please tell me th- th- your, your opinion of this too, the more I live in this life, the more I see, some people might call it, um, the simulation, but like the more I see that everything is connected in that sense, like a plant has the same exact working system as I do. It's just different. <laughs> like, but it, at the end, it's doing the same exact thing my body is doing. <laughs> It's trying to stay alive. It's trying to survive. It's trying to get its genes into the future. It's trying to maintain its health at its most optimum working conditions. And when those conditions change or context change or the uh, context in which it is living deteriorate or are destroyed, that affects the plant's life. And I think that that is a, 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 the simplest example I have. Uh, we, we moved two months ago and we had this beautiful palm frond that was doing great. We moved it literally uh, from one apartment. It was, we're in Chicago. So we, uh, and we also got very lucky. We got to move across the alley to a different unit from going from one side of the block to the other side of the block. It died. It perished. We, we brought it to the new apartment. Literally, I'm not kidding you, 75 feet away. And it was like, Middle fingers, not doing this, not interested. I hate it here. Why'd you do this to me? And then it just like, it was like, I'm done. And it, all the palm fronds like broke off. I know there's a fancier name, a Latin name for the beautiful plant that we accidentally killed. (laughs) Yeah, it just was like, never (laughs) mind. Goodbye. And it was so sad. Oh, yeah. I talked to, I talked to some friends who are like absolute plant people and they were like, yeah, sometimes when you move, plants are like this, this, whole experience was too stressful because they absorbed the stress that we were giving off because moving is very stressful. And uh, they're like, never mind. Goodbye. Not interested. Uh, this environment is not worth getting my genes into the future. Yeah. Oh, that is, oh, it's so crazy. So like, and we're, we're both animal lovers as well. And you see that in dogs, mm-hmm. like all the time, like dogs, anxiety goes through the roof or, I mean, it's sometimes excitement, but anxiety is still the same. Right. So let's jumping back with these Mm -hmm. bees, right? And Mm -hmm. the bees are humans. Like we've got that connection now. So with that kind of 
passion. Like I just, the fact that you can talk to him about that, like that is just so, it's so revealing of who you are and how uh, you truly care about the world around you. And I think that's, that's brilliant. Um, when to take it outside of the world and put a little capitalism in it, (laughs) there's a lot of ways to make money on bees. One being honey. Okay. Um, how would you Georgie, what, would you spend time making money and sp- and spending money on honey? Obviously, is that but like with the bees in particular, we we mentioned a little bit about how you would take hunt, high you know, beekeeping classes and stuff like that. Can you dive in about like how what does that look like to keep bees? What is the cost of that? And how would you make money off of this obsession if you had the chance? If you wanted to, Ooh. I know that was a lot. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a tough one because they all work to serve the queen. They're uh, they're not really in a monarchy as much as they are in like a cult. Oh my gosh, that's so true. They're in a cult. <laughs> that is they're such a, a true. <laughs> and because the the drones, the males, literally will die for their queen. They'll die. They want. They're begging to. They're they only like, have one. Me. Yeah, they only have one. Yeah, one have thing one. in life. They have one moment. They have one desire. One that's it. That's it in life. <laughs> From the moment that they are. Uh, birthed unto this world the only thing they want to do is mate with the queen and they are jonesing for it and then they are like please god give me death because they are ready for Valhalla. um they're ready so i think that like the idea of putting to to go back to the initial question of like how would you make this (laughs) how would you turn this non-monetary thing that happens (laughs) naturally in nature into something that has like human value that you could I mean, okay, so like, I think it's keeping bees like in the cute little boxes of the hives that humans have made. The man-made hives, not the bee-made the, hives. The man-made hives, yeah, yes. yeah. The man-made hives that we have cultivated over a millennia because that's about how long humans have been keeping bees because we realized the strength and the power of the things that bees can do. So we're like, Oh, I'll be in charge now. And the bees are like, I don't need you, bro. (laughs) You stop killing my house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I'll keep doing this. Like very nice that you are offering me this thing that I don't need, but now whatever. Anyhow. So I think that the idea of turning my obsession and like absolute love and joy of bees into like a monetary thing no oh, that's fair that's, would you would you ever want to yeah. teach about bees like that type of thing like not making money oh, off yeah, of totally. them you know what i mean no, like that if, would if be i could like be if i could be like a bee i wouldn't be i wouldn't say i'd be a teacher but i would absolutely be like a bee docent like if i could what i don't know that? let's just say so imagine like basically like a volunteer bee teacher beekeeper like if i spent let's just say like knowing how we work in in like American Western society. Oh, let's say I spend, I do, I don't know, let's just say like 200 hours of volunteer work at a beehive or a bee farm. And then after that, I can like be the person who leads classes and is like showing kids how bees work or like showing other adults, like the importance of bees and like how to interact with bees because like, I truly think that the people on TikTok and YouTube, YouTube and Instagram, I've seen that like interact with bees like at uh, free of equipment because the bees are 
if you are non-threatening to the bees, the bees are non-threatening to humans in, in such a gentle way. Um, I would love nothing more than that. And like, how do I get to there? I don't know. I stop having to live in a capitalist society where I, where I can pursue the things I'm passionate about and engage with the actual natural world, world, world around me. Preach, preach, Georgie. <laughs> That's how I get to do more of that. Or I just be born to wealthy parents. And that's, and that's not a shade to my parents because my parents did an excellent job. They are kind. They are loving. They are filled with joy. They are filled with uh, ambition and uh, curiosity and like what a dream. So that is, I have to like put all of those caveats on. Um, oh, I had, a, I had a thought. Where was I going with this? Um, oh, have you ever um, uh, have you ever uh, made a hive. So you said you took classes on it. So have you ever yeah. tried to do it yourself? What does that entail? Ooh, never tried to make a hive. I've watched so many like how to's, but uh, I keep living in cities and it is a uh, real uh, drawback. My favorite bee class that I ever took was this at the Brooklyn Grange. I really hope they still exist. i begged that they still exist because it was an urban farm on the top of a roof in Brooklyn. Not, I was living in Williamsburg and Bushwick and Greenpoint during that time. They still existed. They had a beehive on the oh, farm. Or bee, so cool. bee, oh, it was so cool. And that the person who was in charge of the bees, I was like, could not get enough of that person. And like to the point where like I got I got invited to like a rooftop family dinner, uh, like family family meaning the loose term of a family family meaning like you are a friend of so and so so now you are family. You're chosen um, chosen that's family. What, that's yeah. what I call it. Yeah, chosen yeah. yes yep. chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got invited. It was so beautiful, and this person who I like literally could not get enough of my friend who got me invited to the party was like, you have to stop talking to the bee person. <laughs> like the bee person needs to eat. And I was like, I love with them. And they know so much about bees. And I think they're amazing. And like, I just want them to tell me everything about bees. And then I want to like, not assume their life, but like take a partnership. And then like, I'll just be a bee person. <laughs> so like, that was like my first like real introduction because they were a person who did not use any equipment. Also, it had to do with the kind of bees that were on the roof. So they were able to just like pull up the little filing cabinets of bees. And then the bees were on this person. Am I kidding you? Treated this person like they were a bee. That's nuts. And then, and then when the person for, for the people for the for the people not watching, she's having her fingers go all the way up her arms like they're crawling on this person's hands and arms. Go on. <laughs> yeah, and and then this person, uh, I truly remember the energy and like the joy and the like gentleness of this person, and I remember nothing else about them other than I was like smitten and in love because their human entity meant nothing because their physical and spiritual energy was so powerful and so beautiful. And if this person for, I truly, I truly no idea what they look like in an, in a body, but I just remember everything about them uh, energy wise, but like the way that they took the bees from their elbows and gently guided the bees down their arms and down their wrists and down their palms back into the file cabinet of the beehive on both sides and the bees gently went without any there uh, and then all and the bees that like went off to like 
smell the air, like see if they could find a flower. As soon as that person started taking the bees off, all the other bees came right back. That's it was that's like that's a thing to their species. That is something that is crazy about bees. The communication that they have that is nonverbal oh, is oh, insane. Oh. <laughs> it's insane. Put put bees, dolphins, and orcas all on that same sheet of like they don't need uh, oh, and also sheep to some extent. Really? Um, and then there's a couple couple yeah, there's a couple other land animals that like uh they have entire languages and, and uh, both verbal in the way that we experience verbal from like what we perceive as mm-hmm. mouths. What well, we can also like, hear too. Yeah. 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 Cause mm-hmm, animals, exactly animals can do. hear differently. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so how they communicate and like get themselves back together to stay safe because again, animals, their only, their only job is to stay safe, uh, do their, um, job biologically which is to get their genes into the future and then work on whatever little project is the thing that helps them do that yeah uh that's cool i i just heard i just read an article or was it in a, a podcast that i was listening to that whales we thought that they couldn't communicate far distances or like that but apparently whales can communicate oceans like people or like whales that are in one side of the Atlantic can talk to whales on the other side of the Atlantic. And I think that is mind boggling that we don't think of that that way. I'm pretty sure that we heard the same. Uh, was it armchair NPR expert segment. or NPR? Yeah, yeah maybe it was, it was like, that too. Yeah, I'm sure it was, some, it was like, an, like a Science Friday thing about like uh, how – I probably feel like I just heard something very similar. <laughs> no I, I, uh, so obviously with your passion that you're talking about, bees take up a lot of your time, like in terms of how you think about them, right. With, with how the world works, maybe not bees in particular, maybe like how the world works in general. Like, yes, yes, yeah. yes. What I, what I will say to that, bees are like literally one of my favorite. Um, and the space where I get like really interested and excited about bees are like those weird private moments, uh, like private, private moments in the sense of like an acting class of like where I'm alone. And this is going to sound, I'm absolutely fine exposing this about myself. I think about bees when I am taking a shower, that's like a topic that like my brain is like, Oh, you're in the shower. Now you can think about the bees. It's bees are part of the thing of like, where I don't think about, where I'm not thinking about capital, where I'm not thinking about like making money or like uh, thinking about the people that I owe something to or the think, thinking about the people that like I need to do something for or like the, they're in the space that is truly the purely joyous happy and the purely joyous like there's no money attached to it. There is no personal relationship because I think that humans have a totally other different sentiment on like how we use relationships as currency and bees for me are like a place where like I love thinking about them and reading about them and hearing about them and interacting with them on the wonderful times that I get that moment that is not related to anything other than 
my time here on this planet. <laughs> uh, I feel that I uh, that way to me, it, honestly, is uh, podcasts and like learning. Like I love listening to podcasts where they have an expert on or they're they're talking about something that's not just them pr- promoting something. Right. And that for me, because in my brain, I can just turn off every other part and just focus on what I want to learn or what they're saying. Right. And that's that joy. Exactly what you said. That's such a beautiful way to put that. It's that thought that brings you so much joy and that's why it's just there. Right. Uh, and I have those in my, sh- in the shower. Those are my shower thoughts podcast. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and like the thing that's not, that doesn't have a currency that doesn't have a tender. That's not a transaction. That's, that's something that exists that has existed well before me and good God, I pray. And I'm not even a believer, but like in <laughs> well after the me. future, <laughs> yeah. like, please, I hope, I, I don't hope that humanity fails, but I hope that if we do, when we do, um, that the bees are still here and fine. Yes, I'm with you. I get to love that. When do you, w- with this, and it's come like when you're on your own, you just said that it comes more, more frequently when you're on your own, those thoughts. Oh, yeah. When, oh, when yeah. do you reveal this? like to a partner or to a friend, because you revealed this because I asked. So like, do you ever just, and like that be your friend, that story you just said, like you went up to there and you found a connection so that all of a sudden your friend was like, who the hell is this bee crazed Georgie? Exactly. I think that like, uh, that's also part of my like personality. If there's, there's, I have like a, a healthy laundry list of things that are not related to capitalism to currency to tender as in like this uh, charge has been tendered um that are just purely curiosity based and purely filled with joy and filled with like i want to know more about how this part of the natural life exists so that way i can be more fascinated by it and have more questions because the most important part about most important part of science is not finding answers. It's finding more questions. Amen. Amen. The more, the more, the more questions we have, that means the more doors that get opened and the more thought ideas get expanded and the more we can expand. It's not about finding science is not about finding answers. It's about accumulating data to have more questions. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Love and I'm not a scientist. Again, again, <laughs> this podcast was never brought to you by Georgie the scientist. She never existed. She never will. Maybe. No, but you're so know. true. I'm, you're not sh- space time, I'm not on the space time continuum. But um, when I reveal, because bees are one aspect of a thing I'm obsessed with. I'm also obsessed with oysters. Oh, of which I now show it. Yep, I'm showing a tattoo of an oyster to Michael for uh, this the tattoo is neither here nor there but um, I think what's important is that uh, oysters are a natural cleaner of water and they can take the dirtiest of water make it clean for human consumption as well as natural life consumption and then you can still eat the oyster and 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 another thing this is a this is another soapbox that I absolutely love. Oysters, if you want to make the argument, are vegan. They do not have a mother and they do not have a central nervous system. Yeah. Interesting. Muscle or muscle mm-hmm. muscles then too, right? Or would muscles be I don't know anything about muscles, so we don't Ooh. have to <laughs> So they're both they're also a mollusk. They're also a bivalve. 
but I don't know their species. And then there's like another class uh, in the seven phylums that I cannot remember. Um, but I know oysters because of part of, part of the tattoo thing. Also, I like was like, oh, I should know and learn a little bit more about this. Because um, I uh, anyhow, um, but oysters because of the uh, they essentially work like a plant, but for water. So a plant filters sunlight to create chloroform to create energy, and uh, oysters filter water to create energy for themselves. So it's again I'm not a scientist, but very interesting, very fascinating because it's all. No, I love I love that. So with the, with oysters, you have that tattoo on you. Do you have any things for bees? Do you have like a, any items or any tattoos or any things that like are bees for you? I have a tiny, um, like a curio box, a little ceramic up and down. And since we just moved, not all of my stuff is exactly where it's supposed to be. And the reason why it's not out is because it's actually something that's very precious to me. It, there's a little bee on the top. And it's a little, um, it's like where you would put like a wedding ring or an object of absolute uh, importance. And on the inside, it says, be precious. B-E-E, precious. Like, bees are precious. And the little bee that's on top is just so darling and such like a a token of how important not only bees are, but how important the, the thing that they contain is. And the little clamshell that it opens to reveal. And it's not anything big. It's super small. But, like, that also came from the time... Uh, when I was having this whole realization about my allergies, which is such a dumb thing to be like, I got not sick. I was temporarily ill for a day. Um, and then like friends, it like went through like my tiny community at the time. And like friends had heard about that, like through that weird allergy thing, I ended up finding out I really love bees and I think they're amazing. And they specifically gave me this little bee curio treasure and like that is my thing for bees. And like I would also say that it's like where I go to for like design stuff and like where I think about uh, images and uh, diagrams of joy and like ways to visualize and put on paper or now these days, you know, a lot more on screens, like those images bring me a ton of joy. Oh, I love that. I love that. You, I have to say, there's something, how you choose to learn things, I think is so admirable, right? Like, so many people ha let things affect them, and they brush it off without having that curiosity that you've brought up. And I think that is something that humans, one, need to cultivate within themselves that curiosity because if your body's telling you something it's telling you something for a reason whether it be good bad funny like it's you gotta just learn about it learn about everything around you so i i it's very admirable how you choose to learn i, I love that so much thank you i i'm that's very kind and i'm and i see any gratitude of you seeing that because like it, it was like a weird thing and i think it has to do with cephalopods which i also have a huge love for uh, I ate squid that I think uh, accidentally, not on purpose, not without any, without any malice, was de-inked uh, incorrectly. And also 
de-inking cephalopods for consumption is like another that goes back to how we eat food and that's okay I like have no ill will to the I'm sure the poor sous chef who was on his second or third day or or her second or third day and just like was like oh I learned this four years ago so like I not blaming anybody. You're like, I've let that like, anger go. I've let it go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was never angry when yeah. it happened. I when I like finally figured out what it what it might have been because allergies are weird. <laughs> I was like, this is fine. It's fine. Like I also ended up learning a ton about myself and a lot of a lot of other exciting things about the world and survived a potentially terrible situation. So like eh. Worse, worse things have happened to better people. Much worse things have happened to much better people. So, like, I'll t- I'll take that, and also like learned a little bit about myself. So, like, <laughs> I'm, putting that, I'm putting that up. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Come on. Um. Well, with bees, I got two questions. Or I got one question and the last question. With bees, you have talked so much about how much you love them. Is there anything about bees or about what we've talked about that? Maybe not hate. Hate is such a strong word with this because you can't hate things that are making us living. Um, maybe maybe get disgusted with bees, like because they are animals. Animals can be disgusting in, in ways. Or is there anything right. that kind of makes um, you? Yes. Wait. Wait. They're not. They're. They are. I have to look up the exact Latin word. Oh. They're not bugs, my friend. I have to stop you. I have to stop you. And they there are in- insects. Thank you. I already pulled it up. Oh, I love it. No, they're wind insects closely related to wasps and ants known for the role in pollination, blah, 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 They're Oh, that's what it is. Oh, their order is the, nope, not going to try that. Nope, can't say any of these words. Everything that falls out of our mouth is going to be so wrong and so <laughs> unacceptable. So anyhow, nothing mostly. No worries. We, we do um, we do a follow we do follow up episodes every other week, and uh, my producers, <laughs> my my producers, Seffi and Rachel, they're listening to this, and they will, I will make them say those words. So. <laughs> oh, thank God! Feel free to like bleep out the part where I don't say it, and if you need me to like listen to it in a Google phone, and then be like encephalopod. Yeah. Nope, that wasn't it. Nope, wasn't it? Okay, anyhow. um, I think, okay, so here's here's a very, like, human relation to bees that I think is funny and a little gross. Until they spit out pollen, it's a little bit like pooping. It's a little bit the same. Like, uh, I don't think it's the same as, um, oh, I can't remember the word right now. When, nope, I'm making a bunch of hand gestures. This is a brilliant visual medium moment for everyone. I am am describing, like, the thing that happens. She looks like she uh, is uh, pulling something from her chest, but also pulling an udder down from the sky. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's um, the thing when you, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyhow, but when bees expel the pollen, it does look like they're pooping. But it's also like the most beautiful, mesmerizing poop I've ever seen. Does it come out the back end? Like, I think it depends on the bee. Okay. I think one of the bees, or pardon me, a a collection of the bees has like a front, like a a, what we would describe as face. But how bees are designed is so wildly different from humans because they have six legs and five eyes, and we have two eyes and two legs because we're bipedal, and they have six legs. Anyhow, um. It, depending on which 
be, it, it just looks gross and fascinating in a way where you're like, I can't look away. You're like, I don't like that. It's like a car wreck where you're like, oh, I don't want to, oh, I hope everybody's okay, but what's going on? <laughs> so, I just got closer to the screen. I got real close. So I was like, I want to know. I got no. Why? It's none of my business, but ooh, you, you I just want to know. watch you poop that out. It's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Just want to watch you make that bee pollen. Um, and then... I think then there's like, because I grew up, I'm a child of the 80s, and then I was growing up in the 90s, and my girl, I think, instilled a healthy fear of bees because Macaulay Culkin's character, spoiler alert, dies yeah, from a bunch spoiler. of bee things. <laughs> that Literally movie gave bees a bad old. rap, yeah. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Um, but I think that like, that is my only fear, my, and that's also like a made-up fear. That's a uh, Hollywood fear. Anytime I've ever seen a bee in person, the only time that I've ever been like hachi machi no way is um, the ones that because I'm not again I'm not a scientist that I can't distinguish from visually from wasps to bees because there are a handful of wasps that look like look bees, like bees yep. and wasps are a totally different thing that that's not what I came on here and talk and they, about and so wasps are know, aggressive what wasps are aggressive yes. so that is a very yeah. big distinction that we that is good to make too that bees are not aggressive by nature wasps are so yeah and and I don't know enough because again I am not a scientist uh, of the visual differences but then there's those things in the moment of like oh no there's a thing that's buzzing and uh my yeah you just little do, yeah. survival brain is like get the hell away from me yeah. so yeah I would say that those are my only um not disgusted or fearful of them but watching them release the pollen from their body is disgusting and then uh just don't want to be stung yeah that's fair that's fair. I love it. Just don't want to. <laughs> All right. Well, here is my last question. So um, you died. I'm sorry to tell you. And when you died, because. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> no more taxes. I'm never going to pay rent again. I don't have to go to work. This sounds great. Okay, proceed. Ready. <laughs> I mean, this is going to end right here. Your are. They're heard. They're heard. Littered away. They're heard, they're heard and not, not accepted. But proceed. Well, anyways, they asked me to go through your apartment and your personal belongings, of course, you know. Um, And when I go through your personal belongings, I find this box in a secret compartment. And I open up this box, or there's a note with it, and in the note it says, whatever is in this box is my obsession. What's in the box? Ooh, all the wacky, weird honeys that people bring to me because I know I like honey. So once I told my mom about the whole concept of like um, local honey can help with allergies and I get like really, it's, it's like such a low level punishment, but like I get low level uh, allergies like in my sinuses. So like until I take an allergy pill, uh, my preference is Zyrtec and currently it's the Costco brand of Zyrtec because it's much cheaper because all the other ones make me fall asleep or make me like drunk, <laughs> like a yeah, bad drunk. Yeah, where yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah. <laughs> they make me like it's like I took Ambien or something. Um, but what else would be in my B obsession box? My B obsession box would be uh, the s- small cart full of local honeys that I have, and pretty much any time I go to a farmer's market or, not, or pardon me, a night market any place that's like 
uh, pardon me, I've made my partner pull off so I could buy local honey when we were driving. Oh, I have, I would assume that like, yeah, you see that, they see that truck on the side of the road. You're like, this is going to be the best honey I've ever tasted. (laughs) Yeah. And depending on what the honeys or pardon me, what the bees interact with affects what the honey is like. And honey is on the same plane as olive oils and vinegars depending on which species of flora bees interact with in the world. So it's not only geography, it's specimen-based, but bees, the honey they produce is dependent on the flowers that they eat. And it goes from everything from like, I'm not kidding you, like a barely clear to like a thick molasses. So the color... Uh, rainbow, the color palette that bees work with is dependent on the flowers they eat and uh, what else is going on in the world around them. So like there was, um, I think one of the wildfires a couple years ago affected the bee harvest, the honey harvest a few years ago. So then like there was like ash within the honey, but because forest fires are also, first of all, terrible for man, but very important to forests. Because that's how forests regulate. <laughs> uh, I, literally, I just uh, reeled back in uh, indignancy because it, forest fires are not for men, but men get in the way. And I'm saying men is the universal human in this moment uh, because time and space, whatever. Um, but forests use fires to regulate, self-regulate. And then when they affect men, humans it gets all messy because then we're like, Oh, what about my product? What about my capital? The forest doesn't care about that. The forest wants to stay healthy yeah, and the forest, forest wants to time, survive. time to burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that honey that came out of that honey harvest from those bees was also affected by the wildfires. And because those wildfires had their own natural burning properties, very good for people in the local space. Oh, that's good to know. Not, it's not. It's not great. It's not good press. But <laughs> it's a little bit like volcanic sea salt. That's another thing I love. Obsessed with salt over here too. <laughs> that's nuts. I would not even think that it would. But yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, man, nature. This was just going to be your Georgie's obsession of nature and bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Obsession with nature and bees because it's all connected, and they can all be very easily linked to each other without like a science person, just someone who's curious and interested and like here in reverence. Thank God. <laughs> I love it. Again, Thank I'm you not, so much for talking about this with me and sharing your knowledge. But I want to test your knowledge. So we're oh, going to dive in. Fail. That's fine. <laughs> I hate winning. I don't care about it. I'm ready. Well, this is nerdy knowledge. So. Okay, cool. Get ready. There are 21 cool points me. possible. I'm ready. Ooh, um, good. Points don't matter. Of it's all about, all about learning. Yep. <laughs> all right. First question. Uh-huh. What? Ancient civilization minted coins with bees on them. Babylon. Ooh, close. Greek. The Greek culture. 
the, all of their coins had bees on them. Yeah. I give myself a half point. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have two scoreboards and Georgie's. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm giving myself a half point because I said Babylon and that's in Mesopotamia and the Greeks yep. are right there. Done. Uh, in He's their life, <laughs> in their lifetime, how much uh-huh. honey does the average bee make? Fluid ounces or pounds? What do you, what is your answer looking for? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Mine is a unit of measurement. One twelfth teaspoon of honey. One bee. One twelfth teaspoon. Oh, so that's probably like realistically probably like 12 grams. Yeah, probably. If you want to talk metric because metric is way easier when you're talking about liquid <laughs> measurement. All okay, right. ready, proceed. Next. <laughs> mm-hmm. This one I have high, I, I have high hopes. What, okay. what are the three types of bees in a hive hierarchy? Oh. Extra points for the sex of each. Uh, so the queen is female, the workers are female, and the drones are males. What is the difference between the uh, queen female and worker female? Uh, the queen female lays eggs and That's the it. worker female. <laughs> That's it. The queen can reproduce, <laughs> the workers don't. Uh-huh. I thought yeah. it was very, I guess, knowledge of growing up. I never knew that, I thought there was only one female in the hive. I never knew that there were workers, females, and drones were the males. So when I was diving into this and I saw that, I'm, my whole past was changed. <laughs> and uh, the only ones who can sting, the only bees that can sting are female. Yes, it's I did see that too. Not the drones. The drones are literally only here to make baby. And then they're like uh, right on top of Hala. Yeah, seriously. they got they literally V's know how to treat men. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Amen. All right, you got all six of those points. Good job. I thought there were twenty one and also No, all, no, no, that was just one like... question. You got six points on that one question. Oh, <laughs> oh I love this point system. It's very fun. Yeah. So, so far, a half a point on your scorecard, six on mine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. I love that I gave myself a half yes, point. Yes, I That's do a too. Very kind, generous. Thank you. Um, this one, give me your best guess. I have a very wide range in terms of numbers. How many different species of bees are there worldwide? 16,000. 20 to 25,000 different species of bees. That is insane. I read, this is an old knowledge for me. So I, one of the, like, I would say middling from the time I got really interested and very like, Ooh, this is something I want to follow on the internet, uh, news wise, because they're just fascinating. Um, the last time I looked, uh, and this is probably like, I don't know, 2019, 2020, um, the last time that they had done all of the Latin name name i think that no there's a better word it's not nameification but like where they classify Chronolo- all the yeah i know what you're talking about like it's not genealogy we it, i, I want to i think of it as a, the square in biology class where you had to like you know and or like the the phylum the kingdom the periodic table, yeah, yeah the periodic table but of the periodic yes table, <laughs> but of like animals the last time i looked the last time i looked they had six about sixteen thousand classified named and like 
done the origin and like had connected it unto whoever. It's the last time I looked. So I'm giving myself another half point. So I have one point for myself. <laughs> Thank Good. you. And now I have six points from yourself. Great. Yeah, wonderful. You so. <laughs> All right. Next question. How uh-huh. fast can a bee fly? 20 miles an hour. Yes, 20 miles an hour. Uh, they mm-hmm. did say that is the, the, they say it's like a range. I've some places set up to 30. The lowest they said was 15. So I average That's was how 20. I feel about golf carts. That's how I feel about golf, <laughs> golf carts. They go about 20 miles an hour, give or take 10 or 15. Who cares? There's, there's also, who are you? The cops? Get out of here. God. <laughs> I love it. Um, live. Oh, we're going to pivot to a honey question. According to a report in 2021, on average, how much honey per year does the U.S. consume per capita? And this is pounds First per year. First of all, it's too much and not enough. Too much of processed, clarified honey. Because most of the honey you get in a grocery store is bullshit. It's all cleaned with high fructose corn syrup, and it's very bad for you. They do have, in, in, in grocery stores, you need to look specifically for the ones that say none of that stuff in there. They do have them, but you got to look. They are not the ones in front. So No, and uh, they are expensive because harvesting honey is very expensive, but also their health values are through the roof because they're, uh, so how much pound, not enough, and it's too much of the bullshit of the stupid honey bears because those honey bears can go take a nap in traffic. Um, <laughs> those honey bears are really dumb and a false, you might as well just pour a sugar and not even sugar because sugar, sugar is purer. I say that with light quotations on it. It's not good for you. It doesn't actually have health benefits or environmental benefits. It's not, it's, real honey. it's not real honey. No, guys. It's not real honey. It's not real honey. No, Don't uh, do it. <laughs> I can't believe we're this far into the podcast and I haven't, I didn't just start screaming. If you're not getting your uh, honey from a farmer's market, you're doing yourself a disservice, the environment, a disservice and your body, your physical body, a disservice. I 100%. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Just literally blow 20 bucks on the biggest thing of honey that you can see at the next farmer's market. It's worth it. It's going to have flavor. It's going to have texture. It's going to have notes that hit your tongue that are insane. Anyhow, so how much does the average American eat in a year, honey-wise? I'm going to just say, uh, let's just say 26 ounces. Oh, what's that in pounds? In pounds? What? (laughs) Okay, so so 16 ounces. 16 ounces. I was like, wait, 16. Is a pint. (laughs) 16 ounces is a pint. We're talking liquid. And then a pound. Oh, God. I just had to do a conversion thing from a large format, from like a restaurant format to like a personal format. And I just went through this whole psychotic thing about pints and, oh, God. Well, anyways, it's 1.5 pounds per year. And since we don't know what the ounces are, I'm going to give you a point. giving myself 0.25 points <laughs> I finally got to talk about where to buy your honey from <laughs> perfect I, I love now it. have 1.25 points for myself <laughs> it's true next, uh, next, <laughs> next question <laughs> uh, what is the largest amount of eggs a queen can lay in a day it's like 2,000 or 6,000 2,000 plus yeah that's on average 
Um, I was going to say, is that ovulation probably makes her real horny and she's <laughs> ready to kill well, like, all those drones. The way that I was reading about the queen is that they probably are literally, the queen is just there, just sitting there putting eggs out. Yes. That is all she yeah. does. <laughs> she's, she's chain smoking, putting out eggs. <laughs> stops the point where she's smoking four packs a day but those four packs are actually just eggs uh all right how did the egyptian king pepe the second use honey as an insect repellent i don't know uh uh, uh, I uh, can, do you want the G-rated version or my NC-17 version? Whichever one you want to give. This is an this is a, this is an explicit <laughs> podcast, so you're fine. <laughs> Probably just find his balls, just like lift him up, and was like, "Oh, it's so hot. I'll put it there. It's fine. In- insects won't come near me." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just do that. Well, what he yeah, actually did was maybe a little bit more sexual. He covered his slaves in honey and had them stand around the room. <laughs> I honestly do not know which is worse. They're both so terrible. I'm so terrible. <laughs> we both get negative one point, so I have point two five points now, and I think you now have six. Wait, how many points? No, I don't you? have points. You have you've gotten ten points right. I'm keeping track. You're keeping your own track, which is two point whatever you just said. <laughs> Well, I'm deducting a point from you. Okay, fine. If I get a point, you get a point. All right. See how I work. Okay, ready? Um, This one is worth four points. Honey is known as nature's energy booster. However, honey actually supplies two stages of energy to the body. How does this happen, and what molecular part of honey is used? (laughs) It's probably it's probably both uh, carbohydrates and sucralose. So how your body breaks down sugar, like after you eat, like when little kids eat cake and then they literally go on a sugar high, it's the same as uh, it affects the brain the same way cocaine does. Um, so it's probably a mix of carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are the long burning energy. So like that's why Michael Phelps can eat. I don't know when he's at his peak, he can eat like 12,000 calories a day because he needs it because his body is already constantly burning yeah. at like a very high rate so it's probably a, a mix of carbohydrates and sucralose I mean, and you if that's points. not the correct oh no oh my god am i'm I, gonna give am, you am all four points oh no far? you're spot on so the only thing that you didn't have was the exact words which is perfectly fine so the glucose in the honey is absorbed by the body quickly and gives an immediate energy boost the fructose is absorbed more slowly providing sustained energy and that is true for how sugar is in the body yep yeah, so it's, uh, what is it, fructose and glucose? Glucose is the fast, fructose is the slow. Right, and uh, and then everyone else here who's listening to my very terrible math, just map that over what it, where I said carbohydrates and sucralose. <laughs> so I think sucralose is the secondary sugar, it's like a secondary sugar thing. And again, I don't know how to say it any more times, but I'm not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, this one. Okay, so I, I found three different bees. Um, and each one of these bees that I found has a very specific thing about them that I thought was very interesting. So I'm going to read this fact and give you three bees to choose from. And I want you to tell me which, which bee this fact matches to. Okay? Cool, so this is multiple choice bees? Yeah, matching multiple choice bees. Okay. That's a better oh, way to yeah. put it. Yeah, okay. Got it. Got all right, it. so this type of bee 
feeds on rotting meat and turns it into a honey-like substance. Is this a solitary bee, a mason bee, or a vulture bee? Vulture bee. Correct, yes. That one was on the nose. <laughs> that, that name <laughs> it's, is pretty... It's right there. Yep. This bee, over 100 females, can struck nests in a couple of square meters. However, this bee doesn't make an ordinary settlement. Every female has her own way of building their nest. Is this a digger bee, a mining bee, or a carpenter bee? Carpenter bee. Mining bee. Woo! Point for you. <laughs> point for I'm me. giving you a point. <laughs> all right. This is my favorite bee of all time. This bee's queen will infiltrate a hive and kill a reigning queen. Then they will enslave the workers so that they will only work for them. Is this a nomad bee, a furrow bee, or arctic bee? She might be the mother of dragons. And a little bit uh, like the breaker of chains and a little bit of like the first of her name. Yes. Uh, I'm not saying anything because I don't want anyone to get sued. I don't. Oh, actually, no, I want to say it. Now, because I want to say her name is Khaleesi, so that way you get a cease and desist, and then you can say you really made it in comedy. Yes. <laughs> Nothing says comedy like I got a cease and desist from so and so, from HBO, from HBO. HBO. This is the Khaleesi um, B. <laughs> yes. Khaleesi, breaker of chains, first of a name, mother of a dragon. Um, I'm going to say the Nomad Bean. Arctic. Bee. Arctic bee. Arctic. Arctic bees. Arctic? Yeah, Arctic. How do you, how do you spell, um, there are no bees in the Arctic because there is no flowers. This says Arctic bee. That's what their names are. They aren't located okay, in the Arctic. So, uh, I have to also push this agenda. So there are bees on all six continents and not in Antarctica because there's no flowers in Antarctica, although there is grass. And that is another thing I'm very interested in. <laughs> Man, we're going to have you back on. I want to I want to talk to you about this. The, the like the the Arctic bumblebee is this name. Uh, I just thought it was super interesting. Yeah, they aren't in the Arctic, but that's what they're called. So hey, that queen likes to take over and enslave people. So, well, bravo. Um, well, the points that I took for you, you have 15. Uh -huh. Great. The points that I took for me, I have 2.5. And the points I took for you, I think you have six. Oh, so. nice. We did great. <laughs> Everybody won. Well, we're not done yet. I want you to tell the people more nerdy things, and I want you to talk nerdy to me. All right, so this one, I have a sound. This is the last bit, all right? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> so these are just one-offs. So you just answer these short, fast. If you have stories, go for it. But mm -hmm. yep. All right, so first, Ready. top mm -hmm. three. What are your top three honey recipes or recipes that use honey? Honey biscuits, honey balsamic chicken, and um, uh, hot water, lemon, and honey. Salad. Yes, always. That's what I drink normally. <laughs> uh, that honey chicken. I want that recipe. You need to send it to me because that sounds delicious. <laughs> Super easy. Literally so dumb. Uh, this is your desert island question. If you were stranded on a desert island, what items would you want to bring with you to help cultivate the bees there? 
first of all, I can't be quick about this because cultivate, that's like a, that's how to ask me how to cultivate bees is like, how do you start a family if you are solitary alone on an island? And bees are a little bit like that because bees, the colony they live in functions as a family chosen or biological. So like, how do you, how do you do that? Fucking hope and pray to God that there are bees already on the island. (laughs) I think that's a great answer. I think it's a great answer. We'll let it be. (laughs) Okay. Let it be. Uh, uh, Top event. All right. So we did talk a little bit about how bees are endangered uh, and everything. So if you could in your, in your all powerful, omnipresent, omniscience, how would you save the bees? I would put saving the bees in the place where, uh, depending on the population can, density, uh, within a certain amount of density of human beings, there has to be bees, a public garden, chickens, and um, both male and female uh, fruit trees. Because together, that ecosystem creates a sustainable food source for people in that area. I know that it's climate-based, um, but something along those lines. Like yeah. bees, male and female fruit trees, because for the most part, that's another topic I can go down a little bit of. Most uh, 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 cities only have female trees that produce fruit, but no male no trees. No males, yeah, so then yeah, yeah. The trees that and then sense. the trees can talk to each other. Then, then there's no free fruit on the freaking boulevard. <laughs> I love it. All right. Where does one start to get obsessed with bees? Where should one start? Like, where did you oh, go to find all your, all your knowledge? Uh, um, well, time is very helpful. But honestly, wherever you are in the world and I hope wherever you, I hope we have people all over the world. Cause that'd be really fun. Um, listening to this podcast. Um, don't go far. Stay local. If you want to find more about the bees where you are, go find where the people near you sell honey. And then just be like, what do you think? And chat about it. It's a, it's a, it's a built in opener because you have a shared interest. You have a shared desire. And just talk about bees. That's it. And also, like, if you talk to other people who maybe you wouldn't have known before because you didn't think you have a common interest, you find out you have a common interest, and then all of a sudden, your world becomes smaller and the community becomes bigger. I love it. Uh, what is uh, your favorite random fact about bees? Well, it's not random. I just think it's hilarious that drone the male bees as soon as they mate with the queen they're they're literally the top half of their body just breaks off and they die they can never pay child support they'll never meet their children Uh, they have no idea what happens beyond them um but i think that that's really funny i just the comedic the comedic aspect of the the prat fall (laughs) yeah i love it that's it it's that's it's very simple, very base. Like if, if humans after a male nutted, they just pop their head off. Like that would be hilarious. <laughs> or if their entire if their entire body just like fell yeah. off yeah. while while PP was still inside. That's very funny to me. Just the pat fall of the main body. I love it. While the stinger remains. Real in there. Beautiful. Um, where is the best place to find 
locally grown honey or how should somebody we're in Chicago, but any big city or in any area, where can you find this? Any of your local farmer market, farmers markets, Saturday, honestly, the best days for Saturday or for farmers markets are Saturday, Sundays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays because those are farmer schedules. I worked for a farm for a little bit who also had honey available. Um, Google and Google or like ask your local, if you can't, if you don't have Google, if you don't have access to Google, if you do, that's, we have bigger problems to find in your neighborhood. Um, that's insane. Find your local uh, representative and be like, where do I go to get local food that is grown and produced within, let's just say a hundred miles of wherever it is that I am. Um, most, I would say also most ask. like cities, chamber of commerce would probably have information on it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The chambers of commerce, the chamber, chamber of commerce is where you would find your local representatives. Find that at your city hall. If you don't have access to Google and it's also go to your local library. Libraries are an incredible resource. That's another thing I can go down on. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, so uh, if you can't find it on Google, go to your local library and say, hi, do you know where the local farmer's markets are for here? And that's how you can find uh, local bee farms, local honey, and more information on the bees that are in your area. Because much like local singles, local bees are always in your area. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you like blank, or if I like blank, then I will like bees. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in... Okay, I'm going to give you a couple. You can burn Perfect. No, I love, I love more. More um, the merrier. Um, if you like good food, you'll be interested in bees. If you're interested in the... Uh, in climate change, you'll be interested in bees. If you're in, in not interested in, if you're not interested in climate change, you will love bees. <laughs> love that. <laughs> if you want the climate to like maybe get better, get freaking interested in bees. Yes. Um, last last thing, I want you to speak to all the bee lovers in the world. And it's the if you know, you know section. So I want you to say something that only the bee lovers would know. Or just something directly to them, whatever you want. Hey, honey, how you doing? Oh, I love you. You're my favorite. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this was brilliant. I, I very much, my boyfriend is very much on the locally honey train as well. So like I have that in my cabinet. I'm going to have some tea tonight with it, most likely, honestly. Um, thank you for doing this. It's been great. Uh, is there any plugs, anything? Uh, where can people find you? Where can they hound you about some more bee information if they want? Oh, uh, you can hound me all you want, but again, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, if you wanted to learn more about bees, I know I just kind of said this, but like seriously, look in the community around you, and people are making people are making honey. People are hosting, or pardon me, having chickens. So you can have your yard fresh, farm fresh eggs, uh, and with foods that have it's that weird. Um, the just ask. Ask, ask someone who's like very involved in your community about where to find local honey and then ask about the bees um, because I guarantee the person who talks to you about them is going to be excited to show you. Um, it's, it's, 
I think that uh, one of the fun things about like not just urban beekeeping, but just beekeeping across the way. If you want to learn about bees, whoever is keeping those bees is that's like asking somebody who does CrossFit if they like yeah, CrossFit. Yeah, that's exactly it's what the it same is. Thing, <laughs> but it's the frequency is much lower, what way less in your face, and very. Um, a, every person I've ever met who's been a person who keeps bees, uh, salt of the earth, and it is a practice and ritual and habit and patience and uh acceptance and observance so like if you want to talk to somebody who loves bees literally just find the person who takes care of bees you'll find an angel on earth Mm, lovely nice well thank you again uh do you have any plugs anything uh in the future people can watch out for you yeah so i do i've been doing a couple of uh fun silly sketch videos with problematic comedy um I uh, let me look up their YouTube because I don't know it right off the top of my head. So imagine the word problem and magic, all one word, one M. So problem magic, problem magic comedy. Um, I've done a couple of videos with them. They're a whole heap of fun, um, really good people in the Chicago community and a little bit in the LA community too. So it's really nice to work with them. They're hilarious, wonderful people. Um, look there and then. Um, I'm going to say this cause I want to put it out into the universe a little bit, working on some writing projects and I want to do a reading, uh, later this year, before the that. end of the year, I'll do a, a something somewhere in the Chicago area. Uh, what, uh, just find me on Instagram, Georgie Caldwell, find me on Twitter, Georgie Caldwell. Eh. And follow find her. Find me or don't, whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. you oh, want. Yes. Find me, follow me. Yeah. Find me, follow me. <laughs> Thank you again so much. And thank you everyone for listening to your nerdy obsession. As always, you can find us on socials at your nerdy. O. and in the follow-up episodes, if you have anything you would like to add, or if there's anything exciting that you want to add that Georgie put out that you want to call out, please email us or DM us on the socials. Email is your nerdy. at gmail.com socials. Like I said, is your nerdy. O. thank you all. Thank you, Georgie. Uh, this has been fantastic. We're going to say bye. And then you stay on. So. <laughs> Bye, yeah, thank everyone. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much. Avengers. 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 Avengers.